Welcome to the teaching ministry of pastors Carl and Cheryl Thomas. Our favorite verse is Habakkuk 2.14, for the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Consumed by that revelation, we are committed to recognizing, resourcing, and releasing high-impact ministries resulting in global glory, transforming lives to impact their world. We have a teaching that will impact you today. Now, let's get right into that word. All right, here we go. All right, so we're calling all miracle workers, calling all miracle workers. That's what it says right there. Miracle, a supernatural intervention in the ordinary course of nature by the power of God's nature. It is suspended and altered or controlled. How many need a miracle? You need a miracle. That's really good. How many don't need a miracle? If you don't need a miracle, you're just not dreaming big enough. Amen. I need a miracle. I just need my street plow. Just, just, you know, sometime, someday, would, would they please come by? You know, I don't know if that, that'd be an intervention. I don't know. But you need a miracle. I, I want you to experience a miracle this season. I pray it'd be a testimony to so many miracles this season. But we're calling all miracle workers. Miracles. Miracles. God is good at delegation. Did you know that? He's really good at that. And God really trusts you. God is, has given so much responsibility to us in our partnership with him in, in literally setting down and, and bringing down everything that would oppose his eternal purpose. God has determined in his own heart that he is going to establish that and he's going to complete that work in partnership with you. He's not going to do it alone. His plan is, is that he's called us to be miracle workers. He's called us to be people who will... will receive out of heaven and walk out of the realities of who he is and bring his purpose supernaturally to bear on our world. Nothing's going to change if somebody, someone doesn't engage heaven and get involved and engage this whole situation. So he's given man responsibility for the affairs of earth. He won't intervene unless he is invited. God, please do something. God wants to get involved, but God literally has established it that, that the earth he has given to man. So Genesis 1, he said, let them have complete authority. Who's them? Man. Who has complete authority over all of the earth? Who? You. And that means that you also have complete authority over the destiny that God has poured into your heart. Whatever he's put in your life, you're the captain, you are the leader, you are the head honcho, you're the CEO of God's purpose in your life. And there's a partnership that you have to have. God speaks to us, but then we have to engage that and we have to do those things. It says work miracles, work those things, work out that destiny, work out your salvation, work it out, bring out, bring into manifestation what he's spoken in your life because what he spoke to you, it's a miracle, it's full of power to produce right now. So he's given that responsibility to Psalm 115, 16 says, the heaven, the heavens, even the heavens, they're the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. Psalm 8, 6 says, you made him. It has to be an angelic being in Psalm 8 that's looking in and going, what is man that you're mindful of him? I mean, they, they are like annoying sometimes. I mean, they, you give so much to them and yet they screw up over and over again. I can't believe that you're so committed to them. But he says, what is man that you're mindful of him? You made him have dominion over the work of your hand, you put all things under his feet. So if God's hand is going to move, if his dominion and his kingdom is going to be manifest, God needs some human partnership to manifest what he's doing. And that it means your life too. I mean, if you're waiting, like any time now, 
It's your turn. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's your turn. He really did his job. When he said it's finished, he really meant it's finished. High five. It's your turn. Just high five your neighbor and say, you're up. Boom. You are up. All right. Two ways, two basic ways that God's glory is revealed through you. Two basic ways. All right. Listen, consciously and unconsciously. What do you mean by that? Unconsciously. You remember Peter? It said his shadow healed people. It wasn't really his shadow. It seemed like that, but it wasn't like his shadow was full of substance. It means that Peter, he radiated health. Literally, like Proverbs says, when you trust God, you're so wrapped up in him. Peter was radiating health. He had a force field around him. Then when he went to Max Milk to get milk, people were just touched, moved on. I mean, people got convicted. They, they, they'd fall out in the line waiting to get milk. Go, I don't know what's going on, but I feel God's glory. Ah! People jumping out of wheelchairs going, oh, what happened? What was that? And then they started to go, you know what? This happens wherever Peter goes. And people literally, that became so clear to people, they would find out where Peter was going and they'd lay themselves in that place. If he was on his way to Max Milk, he would run with your sick friends and you'd put them there at the cash out counter just so Peter's shadow could touch them because people were being healed just by coming in the circumference of his life. Wow. That's unconscious. You know what's beautiful about an unconscious influence? There's no manipulation in it. There's nothing in it. It's just you going about your day and people being radically touched because there's evidence of God's glory in your life. And that's so free. It's so beautiful. You didn't preach a sermon. You didn't even say anything. It's just God's glory gushing out of you. There's a river of life flowing out of me. And that's an unconscious manifestation of God's glory that's happening every time, every day. How many that is your normal life? It just happens all the time. People getting healed, touched, delivered, set free. Everywhere you go, just every day, it's just like, oh my God. That's your reality. That's the way it is, all right? So then there's consciously, though. Consciously. Consciously means where you're engaged. And if it's consciously, then you have to hear his voice. If you're constantly manifesting him, then you got to be listening to his voice. Or you've got a revelation that it is his will to heal, so you just believe that you've got a responsibility to set people free. And you do it because you're walking in the revelation of that. So there's conscious and there's unconscious. But hearing God's voice is really, really important. Can I get an amen? Jesus said, the words I speak aren't my own. I get them from my Father. I'm speaking only what he says. Jesus also said, I don't even do anything on my own, but I only do what I see the Father doing. He's in this very intimate relationship with God. He's listening to his voice, and he's being directed by him. So let me tie this into the Christmas season. You ready? So Luke chapter 2, verse 25 to 32. It says, Behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. Wow. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. Let me go by that again. You ready? Holy Spirit was upon him. He'd been revealed by the Holy Spirit that he would see the Christ. So he came to the temple led by the Spirit. A lot of Holy Ghost stuff going on right there. There's a guy who's hearing the voice of the Spirit of God, led by the Spirit of God. So he saw this when he was there. He, he was there according to the custom. He saw the parents brought the child Jesus. And there he was, right at that time, right when God told him to be there, he took up the child in his arms and he said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen the cross, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. No, he said, my eyes have seen a baby. 
My eyes have seen the Christ. It's done. It's finished. I saw the baby, and just seeing this baby, I have seen the salvation of God. There's a guy who understood that I have seen God fulfill his word, and he sent his son born of a virgin. This is so awesome. I can go home in peace now because it's finished. And yet all he saw was a baby. But he saw in that child, it is absolutely, totally fulfilled. What do you see right now? What are you seeing? Because you got to see, you got to see, especially at Christmas, the volume is so much louder at Christmas. You got to see that God is engaged in your world and he's engaged in your life. So he said, I've seen it. I can go home now. I can do it according to your word. Verse 30, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the faces of all people, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles. Wow. To the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. Now, Simeon, Simeon, his name means hearkening and able to hear. That's what Simeon means. So, so I mean, that's a great name to call. It's not a surprise that that guy could hear because every day his mom said, hearing, hearkening, hearing, come for dinner. Yes, mom. So he was spoken over all his life that you can hear, you can hear, you can hear, you can hear. Sadly, the body of Christ, it's like they've been spoken over all their lives. You can't hear. God's not going to get involved. Your next best event is getting out of here and going to glory. That's not the truth. The truth is God is in you to change your world right now. God came and he made his fixed abode and dwelling place in you so that you can manifest consciously and unconsciously the glory of God. Amen. So he was tuned into heaven 101. I don't know if there is a heaven 101. I'm on 103.5 myself. But there's a frequency of heaven. The voice of God is constantly declaring things. In this room, you could get a tuner and you could tune into frequencies. You could listen to stuff. If you had a strong enough receiver, you could listen to stuff from all over the world. There's frequencies going on, but there is a frequency of heaven that God wants you to be attuned to. And Simeon was attuned to that, and Simeon saw incredible results. So someone in every generation is hearing and declaring the purpose of God into earth. Someone in every generation is hearing and declaring the purposes of God into earth. Even for Jesus to come, even at Christmas time, there had to be someone, there had to be a community that was declaring the Messiah is coming. The Messiah is coming. There were people believing in that day that this is it. There are people who'd received revelation from heaven. There's people the Holy Spirit had moved on, prophets and prophetesses who were declaring, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. And I believe they had to declare that for him to come. And I believe whatever you think is coming, coming, coming in your life, you got to declare it's here for it to happen. Whatsoever you desire and believe when you pray, when you ask God, when you're talking to him, believe that you have it and you'll get it. You have to declare, got it, got it. Seems strange, doesn't it? I got to say, got it before I get it? Yes. You got to say, got it, because you know what? It's already done. It's all done. It's all done in the spirit. So just cry out, I trust you, got it. Because it's according to your word, I've got it. Thank you, Jesus. Amen? I see a hand waving over there. That's awesome. So God's looking for people right now. So let me just look at a few things. You ready? It's a, probably about a 20-point sermon, but I wrapped it up into four points, a bunch of sub-points. Number one, you ready? Number one, hearing is heartfelt. Hearing is heartfelt. 
In 1 Kings 3, 9, it talks about Solomon, and Solomon's about to take over. And he's about to you know, rule over these people. David, his father, amazing kingdom. And here's Solomon now. He's going to take over. And Solomon came to the Lord, and the Lord said, speak to me. Tell me, son, what do you need? What is it you would like? What would you like for, for, for to run and to rule and to judge these people? What would you like? And here's what he said. He said, give me an understanding heart so that I can govern your people. That's the word shama or shamea, shamea, to hear or to listen attentively with interest and my heart, my inner man, my heart, my inner man, may my heart over 500 times in the Bible, 500, I think 85 times that word is there, translated heart more than 500 times. So he said, give me a listening heart. Give me a heart that is tuned into you. All I really want to lead and to guide these people and to fulfill this call on my life, all I want, this is the one thing I desire from you, is that I might have a heart that is fully attuned to you and that understands your voice and hears from you. That's what I desire. And so if you want to hear the voice of God, it is a heart thing. It's the inner man thing. And you know what? You can hear from God. Because eyes to see and ears to hear in your inner man, in your spirit man, they come from the Lord. And he's given them to you and you can hear. And hearing is heartfelt. That's number one. Number two. Number two, hearing is innate. Say innate. Innate. That means it's inborn. It's natural for all of us. So we can all hear. We can all hear in the spirit. Every one of you can hear in the spirit. In fact, the Word of God talks about fivefold ministry of pastors and teachers, evangelists, apostles, and prophets, and it says they're all equipping ministries. But sadly, sometimes what we've done in the body of Christ is we've treated those ministries like they are not equipping ministries, but they're the doing ministries. So they do all the stuff for us ministries. So the evangelist evangelizes, the preacher preaches, the prophet prophesies, and the teacher teaches. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's not what they do. It says that they're equipping ministries. What is an equipping ministry to do? It teaches you to hunger for the word. It teaches you to hear from God, the prophet. The prophet doesn't hear for you. The prophet creates a passion in you to hear the voice of God for yourself. I don't attach anybody to me. I, all I, I'm an usher. I just go, here's Jesus. That's all it is. You know, if you've got a ministry that's not pointing at Jesus, you've got a ministry that's pointing at himself, I will be your professional listener. Call me, 1-800-I-GOT-A-WORD. There's people like that. There's lots of them. And some of you, frankly, come on, you've called them. But a genuine prophetic ministry is not a professional listener. It's somebody who equips you to hear for yourself. What if the whole grid dropped out and you can't even get on the phone? I don't know what to do. I have no idea. You're not created to have a second-hand relationship with God. you got a first-hand relationship with God. I can hear. You can hear. We can all hear from God. I mean, I'm, I'm not here saying, come to this church. Be dependent on me. I have a silver tongue. I'm such a great preacher. That's nonsense. It's really rubbish. But it's to equip you. But hearing, every one of you can hear. Look what it says. It says, my sheep hear my voice right? It says, he calls to his own sheep. He calls them by name. He leads them out. His sheep follow him for they know his voice. They will by no means follow a stranger. Now, I've never seen it happen. Only on like the nature channel or something. You get a whole bunch of Greek shepherds. They can get together and they can all have a powwow and have a coffee and all of their sheep can mingle. And then all of a sudden they go, hey, gotta go. See you later. And they go, yep, yep, yep. And whatever they do, suddenly all the sheep, they break up and they follow only the guy that brought them. 
They follow their shepherd because they're not pushed by dogs and whips. They're led by the voice of a shepherd. And see, each of us, you can hear his voice. And you know what? You can get accustomed to his voice. So much so that you won't follow the voice of a stranger. And our desire is to train people here to hear his voice, not my voice. The only thing my voice should do is equip you to get connected to him. That's it. I'm here for one reason. He's awesome. Hook up with him because he is a good God and he will lead you. He will guide you. You can trust him. That's what I exist for. That's it right there to equip people to understand that he's good. Can I get an amen? All right, so the next thing is, so hearing is heartfelt. It's from your heart. Hearing is also innate. Every single one of you can hear. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can hear. Quit telling me what God's saying to you. What's he saying to you? You, you might get confirmation from somebody. You might kind of say, what, what do you think about this? You might ask for confirmation. That's a good thing. You might have people in your life. You say, I'm kind of thinking this, because sometimes, you know, you got you to gotta get some feedback. That's a good thing. Number three, hearing is learned. Mark chapter 4, 24. And he said to them, be careful what you are hearing. Be careful what you're hearing because the measure of thought and study you give to the truth that you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you and more besides will be given to you who hear. So he was talking about the New Testament at the time, the Bible. No, he wasn't. He was talking about the voice of God. He wasn't talking about the written word. It hadn't been written yet. You don't have Father, Son, and Holy Book. You have Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And just like Simeon, you see, three times he was full of the Spirit. The Spirit was speaking to him, and the Spirit led him exactly at the right time to be where he wanted him to be. So you need to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit for yourself. And let me tell you something else. He speaks your language. Somebody else might tell you, here's how I hear from God. That's nice for you. How you hear from God will be totally unique. God will speak your language. And you don't have to worry about how others hear. You got to learn and you got to develop that relationship with God that is personal, that is unique to you. And God is speaking to you and you can hear him. Can I get a hallelujah? All right, because that's what it says. So it says, and you'll get more besides will be given to you who hear. So get hearing because hearing is a big deal. There's two people in the world, two types of people, the hears and the hear nots. That's basically it. And you have to be someone who is a hearer and develop your understanding of the language of heaven. Develop your understanding of how he speaks to you. Hallelujah. Number four, hearing is attacked. Hearing is attacked. The devil will constantly attack your hearing. In Mark chapter 4, 3 to 9 and 13 to 20, I'm not going to read it. I was going to, but look, don't have time. You can read it. Many are familiar with it. It's about the, the sower went out sowing, right? And he went out sowing and he sowed his seed. Now, how many know the seed is perfect? How many know that the word of God, which it is a type of, the word of God will always get results? Always. So when you confess the word of God, when you come in agreement with the word of God, the word of God will always, always work. But here it is. It's all about the word. It's all, this is all about your heart and this is all about hearing. So it says, when they hear, when they hear, Jesus is telling them, when they hear, he told the parable and then he explained it to them later. And in verse 13 of Mark 4, he said, if you don't understand this parable, you'll never understand any parable. Another translation says, if you don't understand this parable, you'll never understand anything. 
This parable is paramount. This teaching about hearing the voice of God. Jesus said, if you don't get this, you won't get it at all. That's why Jesus was so excited when Peter heard the voice of the Father. And he said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus went, whoa! A man had a God thought. A man heard from heaven. A man literally hooked up to heaven 101 and was spoken to by the Father. Yes! On this I will build my church. If you don't understand how to walk in and hear the voice of God, how will you understand anything? Well, here's this parable. Your hearing gets attacked. Number one, there was the types of soil, and he talked about it. He said the first one was ground like it's like a path. It's beaten down. It's hard. Now, how many know if I went out in the parking lot and I threw seeds out there, no matter you know what, it's just going to die. I'll, clearly, what would happen, first of all, is the birds would take it, except it's too cold outside, so the frost would probably take it first. But... But that's what happens. It says the birds of the air come and they take it because the enemy comes immediately and he takes away the word that was sown. Have you ever had that? You believed, you were confident in something and you're like, I believe it. I'm so, wow, I'm pumped up. I'm ready to believe for this. Then you walk out and a day later you're going, what was that I was believing for? What was that? Because you know, when the seed comes, you got to nurture it. You got to press it down and you got to say, I'm going to bring this into manifestation. If you don't understand this, you'll never understand anything. But the devil attacks your hearing. So there's ground that is damaged. There's damaged ground. There's ground that is beat down. It's ground that's been tread upon so hard and so nasty that you can throw all the powerful word of God on it you want, and it won't produce fruit. But it's talking about hearts. And see, your heart can be so damaged. Your heart can be walked on, tread upon. And there's two things. I got, I got two things under, under that one. There's two things about that heart damaged heart. You can have frustration from within, and you can have frustration from without. And see, here's how the enemy steals the word from you, frustration within. How many have successfully screwed up and done something not really wonderfully godly just this morning before you came in the church? You know, when you do stuff and you don't reckon it well and you don't deal with your stuff, you know, the enemy loves to come and say, like, I can't believe you think God will speak to you. Like, you, did you not remember what you just did? I mean, how could God ever speak to somebody like you? You are a dog. I mean, I mean, you are awful. And you know, if you keep entertaining that and you keep letting the enemy step on that, you will accuse yourself from within and you're going to be dull to the voice of God because you don't think you qualify to hear from him. And there's a lot of people right away, they lose the word right away because they think, well, God wouldn't speak to me. I'm evil. You're not evil. When you're born again, you're beautiful. You're worthy. You're full of God. In fact, you're beautiful and you were worthy for him to die for even before you even knew he was God. Like, God loves you. While we were yet sinners, he sent his son for us. While we were yet sinners, he died for us. You know, but the devil wants to accuse you. He wants you to become self-accusing. He wants you to beat yourself down so that you won't let the word of God get in your heart. Another thing is you get frustration from without. You can have other people. How many, how many have ever got offended by anybody? How many have never got offended? Never got bitter, never, never had somebody do something bad to you or things happen or stuff. You know, like the enemy loves to pick that up too. And because I don't know about you, but I, I, I'm trying to forgive constantly and all the time and live in absolute love all the time because it don't matter because God loves me. But there's sometimes I go and I go, just going to open my leafy Bible, going to spend a little time with God. Lord, I love you. And all of a sudden you're like, why did they say that? I can't believe they said that. Like, I'm doing my best. I mean, oh my God. Lord, thank you. And, and what is, like, what goes on? Like, are there other conversations? Maybe other people think that. There could be a whole committee getting together thinking that. 
there could be a lot of people actually, they don't understand me. Like, I, I don't know why. Oh, what? How long have I been praying so far? I mean, you stop, you 45 minutes, you went away to pray and you spent 45 minutes dealing with outer frustrations, conflicts, bitterness, offenses. And see, that's, that's when your heart gets so beat down and you're so caught up in your pains, your inner pains, your outer pains, all that stuff. You can't even have a prayer time with God. You can't even hear the voice of God because the enemy's accusing you. He's using events in your life and things in your life. And he's beating you down because he doesn't want the word to get in. Is anybody feeling that just a little bit? It might be just for me, I know. So your hearing gets attacked. It, it's damaged. You got damaged hearts. You get divided hearts. It says, you know, you get a divided heart when you, I really believe this, but I believe this too. And, and, but I, I, and I think this is right. And then, you believe that? I did believe it until you told me I shouldn't. And then, you know, you just go, wow, the seed of God's word entered my heart. I trust you. Not really. I mean, come on, get real. You're not going to start to give, are you? I mean, that's crazy. Well, it was, but anyways, it's gone away. See, if you got a divided heart, you got, you got all these different opinions competing for space, that word's going to get choked out and that word's not going to come into manifestation in your life. And that affects how you hear the word of God. The other thing is, right there under number 32 nursery room, is, is distracted heart. Distracted heart, eh? Distracted heart. How many have a distracted heart? All right, look at that. I, I, got, a, I got a red spot there. I got, oh, oh my goodness, that's 19 red spots there. 19 in my red spot. I got, oh, wow, I got 33 in my spot there. I got one there. I got 19 down there. How many hate having red spots on your phone? How many like to clear your red spots immediately? Like, I'm freaking out right now because I got 19 red spots just in my inbox for my email. So I got all these red spots. How many, how many, you, that's your effort every day. Every time your phone goes beep, you clear the red spots. Is there anybody else just like that? Like I got to deal with the red spots right away. You know, they say that uh, teenagers spend not, not just dealing with their social media, social media, young adults and teenagers average over 61 minutes a day in social media, 61 minutes a day. They spend seven hours a day doing something on their phones. You can watch TV, you can do all kinds of stuff, all those things. Isn't that crazy? Like, how ridiculous is that? If you took that 61 minutes and did social media with God, well, that's what I do on social media. I just read, you know, reports from my friends and we're praying for each other all the time. Yeah. I think this is the most distracted culture that ever existed. This has to be the most distracted day that, that we can hear from God at all is a miracle because we are so consumed right now, isn't it? Are you hearing me just a little bit? No? My wife, she's just gone off it all together. So she hasn't said happy birthday to you. It's because she just, she just said, I just can't do that anymore. It says that people who spend a lot of time on Facebook, they've done studies, several of them was reading about it in a, in a periodical. It said that several people who spend all kinds of time on Facebook, they get depressed. And then the more time they spend on Facebook, they get more depressed. You know why? It's because I keep putting pictures of my vacation on Facebook. And every time I do, they're going, his life is so much better than mine. How come his life is so awesome? And then they compare themselves with me. And of course, then your life's going to suck. But I didn't put a picture on there of that fight I had with my wife last week. 
I actually didn't have a fight with her, but I did that just for some of you that need help right now. Anyway, <laughs> but, but often we don't, like, it's, it's like reading people's memoirs and they only talk about the good parts of their lives, you know? And Facebook is like, here's all my good life stuff. All right, woo, you know? I didn't show you a picture of me doing that dirty, nasty deed. But anyway, I did show you a picture of me. And here's a lovely verse I just read. Here you go, you needed that. I'm, trust me, I'm not trying to say don't do it, you should do it. But they say, they literally say that there are people who read that and they get into comparison and they start to go, my life, their life appears so incredibly good that I could never compete with that. And so they, they went to get happier, just take a break from life, and their depression actually worsened in their lives. Praise the Lord, pastor, that was good. What are you talking about? I'm talking about here, and like they're, they're, in our culture, there's all kinds of things, and the devil loves to do it, but he's attacking all of these places where we would try to hear the word of God. All right, let's go to number five. Go to number five. Hearing is a lifestyle. Now, the enemy's going to try to attack, but don't let him attack. Don't let him steal from me. You're on to him. Make sure that your heart is defragged and clear. Make sure that your heart doesn't get full of bitterness and hardship and comparison and all kinds of other nonsense. Don't let the enemy do that to your heart. Keep your heart open. Keep your heart open before God so you can hear from him. And you can do it because, you know what, a pure heart, it comes from God. God does it. So God did that, and he's given you a pure heart, and that is from God. Now listen to this, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 6. I read it at offering, but listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go, he's the one who will keep you on track. Listen to God. God is speaking. He's speaking right now in your world. He's speaking in your life, but he's speaking in your family's life. He's going to be speaking in your experience all through this Christmas time. Listen to him, because he's speaking his word to you, and all his thoughts for you are good. All his plans for you are good. They're to prosper you and to give you hope and give you a future. So listen to him because it's always good news. Always good. In fact, if it's bad news, go, wrong channel. Because it's always good. It's always good. Proverbs 8.34. Blessed is the man who listens to me. Who's blessed? Who? 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 Who's blessed? Blessed is the man who listens to me. It says, blessed is the man who's watching daily at my gates, waiting at the doors of my post. Literally, there, you put yourself, you planted yourself, you established yourself in God's presence, and you are ready, you are expecting, and you are waiting for the voice of God in every aspect, everywhere, and at every time, you're listening for the voice of God. God is not going to do something wild, crazy, and supernatural without someone without you. Even in your world, if you're looking for a miracle, quit looking and be the miracle. Quit looking for something to happen and work the miracle. Because God wants to do something in your life and blesses the man. I love it. In, in Isaiah, it says, he works for those who wait for him. He works for those who wait for him. So when you're waiting on the Lord, he's working on your behalf and he's bringing things into manifestation. Make hearing a lifestyle because you can hear. So hearing is heartfelt. It's also something that you can do. It's innate. You can hear. Your hearing will get attacked. The enemy wants to steal God's voice from you. That's the one big thing he'd love to do is keep believers from the reality that God is constantly speaking. It's not that God's not speaking. It's that we have become dull of understanding and hearing what he wants to say in your life. So he's speaking to you. He's speaking in that situation that you're concerned about. God's moving in your life right now. Can I get amen? So real fast, let me go back to Simeon, all right? Simeon is hearing, all right? So here's something just to hone your skills, all right? Basic hearing skills. Say thank you, pastor. All right, I'm not going to write them down. I don't really care. But 
Simeon, you don't have to. You can go to the website and all the notes are there, all right? Simeon, here's what Simeon said. In, in his life, here's what happened. He saw the things that had been revealed. So number one, you got to be focused because there's things revealed. There's things revealed right now. And even the things that aren't revealed, it's the wisdom of a king to search it out. So you can focus on what God is doing right now. You can focus on the revealed things of God. But God, by the Spirit, revealed to him in his day what was going on. So if you want to be someone who knows how to hear, who knows how to tune in to what God is saying, number one, you got to focus on what is revealed, what's being revealed, and what's been revealed. Focus on that, and you'll attune yourself to the voice of God. Second thing is it's highly relational, because it says the Holy Spirit was on Simeon. And what's amazing about this is this was before the cross. This was before the new covenant. This was before you could be baptized in the Holy Ghost and have him living in you. In that old covenant, he knew what it was to be and have the Holy Spirit upon him. So amazing. You in a new covenant, you're so much better and so better positioned to walk with God because you've got the Spirit not upon you, but I will be in you and I will lead you into all truth. Wow. So you got to focus on what's being revealed, what's been revealed. you got to be relational, highly relational. The Holy Spirit is your best friend. The Holy Spirit is the part of the Godhead that's involved in the world right now. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now. Right now. Second thing is available. you got to be available. I mean, put the phone down. Put the TV down. Put something down. Get yourself one of these paper versions. Get in to his book. Get available. Get waiting on him. Get into what he's doing. Get into what God's doing. Be waiting at his doors, ready, expecting that God's going to speak to and use you today. I love, I go on uh, mission trips with Wayne. I love going with Wayne because Wayne, every day, expects God to use him. He expects God to use him everywhere. We're at an airport, a waitress, we're, we're going, we're just paying the toll to go over the bridge. God bless you. Anything like, I mean, every single place, everywhere, all the time, Wayne is always saying, I'm expecting God is going to flow through me and touch my community today. And it's just a regular part of life. It's not some, yay, God, use me as I come to the poll booth now. As I come to pay this, Lord God, I sanctify myself afresh and anew to be used by you to minister your grace to this person right now. So speak, Lord. Your servant here with you. No, we didn't do any of that. We just went, hey, how you doing? God bless you. Well, thank you. God bless you. Hey, anything I can pray for? Boom. But, you know, there's, there's that availability. There's that constant availability that I am here right now. He didn't take me home except for this purpose. He wants to use me now to reveal his goodness everywhere I go. And that's it. Reliable. Hello. When the Spirit moves, you're reliable. When the Spirit moves, you're moving. When the Spirit moves, you're reliable. God can prod you. He can move you. And you're not reluctant, but you're reliable. You're ready to act. You're ready to partner with God. And then number five, the final one is your finishers. You know what, what he started, I'm going to finish. Because it says he went in, he was listening to God, he saw the child, he grabbed the child, and he picked up the purpose of God. And he finished what God assigned him to do in his life. And he said, I can go home to glory now because I finished the assignment that God has for me. I fulfilled it completely. I love the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Saul says, I fought the fight. I've done it all. I finished the course. I did it all. And then I love, he said, you know what? I can go home now because I'm done. But you know what? I think I'd like to stay with you guys a little longer because you need my help. What an amazing place in God that he could choose whether or not he was going to go to heaven or not. Wow. Focused, relational, available, reliable. And God's looking for finishers. I got one more slide. 
At Christmas, the volume gets turned up. Jesus met the pain head on. God wants to do the impossible through you. That's the miracle of the incarnation. Come on, stand up with me. Lord, give us ears to hear. Thank you. Thank you that hearing from you is innate. Thank you that I can hear. Thank you that your voice, I can hear your voice. I trust that I can hear your voice. You speak to me just like you speak to me. You, there's nobody else will hear the same way I do, but you speak my language. I hear your voice, and I know. It's a big question. It's such a huge question. One of the biggest questions I get asked is, how do I know I'm hearing God's voice? I just shared it with you. And for us to be miracle workers, there's one thing that we have to be is we have to be conscious of the voice of God everywhere, all the time, because God is speaking. And he's going to speak to you. He's probably spoken to you today, but he's going to speak in and through your Christmas season. He's going to speak as you're going about your day. He's going to speak as you're with family and friends and doing things. He's going to speak. And would you listen? Would you hear his voice? Would you honor what he puts on your heart? And would you be used by him to minister the grace of Christ everywhere you are? Just every eye is closed and head is bowed and believers are praying. We're praying. Listen, if you're here today and you don't know him, you've never been introduced to him, you don't know him as, as your Lord and your Savior, you've just never done that. You know what it says? To those who receive him, to those who accept him, it says he gives them the right to become children of God. But there is that acceptance thing. There's that thing where you've got to say, you know what, I'm in. I receive you. I, I want to place my confidence and my trust in you. You know, if you've never done that, I want you to do it today. I want Christ to come on the inside of you today. I want the full, wonderful, beautiful package that God has for you to be downloaded in your heart today. And if you've never done that, you're saying, you know, preacher, I want to accept Christ. I want to accept the good news of Christmas. And if that's you today, I'm going to count to three. I'm going to go one, two, three. But I need you to put your hand up really high when I get to three. So listen. That's the Holy Ghost just touching you right now. It's the Holy Spirit. It's not about anybody else in the room. It's you. What do you say about Jesus? Now, if you want to accept him at three, just put up your hand so I can see it. All right, you ready? One, two, three. Just throw your hand up very, very high. Throw it up really high. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Just put your hand up really high so I can see it. Anyone else? All right, you can put your hand down. That's great. We're all going to pray. Everybody's going to pray. You put your hand up. Would you pray? But we're all going to pray. So you pray together with everyone. We're going to lift up our voice. Lord Jesus, thank you for coming for me. Thank you that you gave your life. And I know now that if I believe in you, that I become a child of God. So I now express my faith in you. Come into my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. And I declare right now that I am a child of God and I am forgiven. I am healed and I am free. And I thank you for that. Fill me with your spirit right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you did that for the first time, somebody might tap you or talk to you and just because we want to not have a little hand up experience. We want you to fully understand what it is to be a child of God. So love you, love you, love you. All right. Can I get the elders and those who are praying and ministering at the altar today? You know, we had somebody healed the other day. They had a car accident and came up for prayer because of the, the condition that was established because of that accident. And they were totally healed, totally set free right here at this altar. So you know what? 
there's, there's ministry for you here. There's people here that can pray for you and loose the kingdom in your life. If there's any need you have, anything on your heart, any care or concern, the Lord can touch you here today. So they're here ready to minister to you and ready to pray for you. Can I bless you on your way out? All right, so the altars are open. We're going to bless you on your way. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for your grace and your love. We just pray right now in the name of Jesus that your blessing would be upon each one here. We pray, Father, for your great love to be revealed to them. Jesus, for your grace to overflow in their lives. And Holy Spirit, thank you for your companionship and your fellowship with each one as we go. We bless them now in Jesus' name to get their shopping done. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. Have an awesome day.